Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the next episode of the Muslim Bitcoiner podcast. Today I have a special guest. I have uh, BTC June. Uh, to introduce him, BTC June is an artist, designer, and storyteller. He hosts the, that Puro Signal, which he describes as the latest intelligence reports from a Bitcoin-only perspective over a bed of mostly 1980s disco, house, and hip-hop. June also produces the series Bitcoin and the Sovereign Rancher with Texas Slims Media, which chronicles the deception of money and food in the lives of everyday people, while also providing a framework for listeners to achieve sovereignty. A recent revert to Islam, June took his shahada in Philadelphia in early 2019. He discovered his Bitcoin-only perspective not long after. Thank you, BTC June, for coming to the show. So I, I guess just to kind of like start this off, could you tell us about uh, your story about how you reverted to Islam and what the story is behind that? Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I came I came to Islam, you know, right at the beginning of what looked like the pandemic, I think it was. And there was a lot of race riots going on in Philadelphia at the time. ATM terminals are blowing up. You know, it's just total chaos. <clears throat> you know, it's like it's like a war zone and it's it's like a it was like kind of like a sci-fi movie, you know, it mm -hmm. felt unreal. All that being said, that was the context for me taking my Shahada. But I actually, you know, there was a moment I feel like that I realized that uh, Allah chose me to to go there. I was, uh, you know, I was buying uh, S coins at the time. You know, I don't know if we, <laughs> we could say we could call it. You know, um, but I got real deep into that, and uh, life was pretty crazy for me at the time man uh without saying too much you know i really wasn't doing the right things mm -hmm. you know the way i was getting my money the way i was living my life none of none of it was none of it was good and it quickly turned much more serious in in 2019 but i kind of you know moved away from people at that point because things had gotten so serious i kind of just uh, went into my little cave and uh that's when i started making music again because i've always been in love with music and art and uh for many years i didn't i didn't make anything you know and i always i felt empty like and i got i went and did things that people who are empty inside do mm. you know so but i started making music again and I started, you know, it was it was like kind of like experimental hip hop. But I was listening back to one of these tracks and I, I didn't recognize my own voice on it and I didn't recognize hmm. the music. And I just started crying like, wow, it was so beautiful. Like it was just I couldn't believe that that was me. I was like, this is everything I've been wanting to do for years. I can't believe I'm listening to it right now. I'm, you know, alhamdulillah, I say that now. I didn't say that then, but um, I, I guess, you know, in all of the craziness going on in the world and, and my, my state of mind, it's going to sound crazy, but my head shot to the sky, you know, <laughs> uh, and I was just like, thank you. I didn't know what to thank. I was like, because it came out of nowhere, you know, it came out of nowhere. And I mean, I worked hard for it, but I just, it just felt so unreal. And you know, I was surrounded by Muslims at the time living in Philadelphia, you know, due to some of the foul circumstances I got myself into. Um, I met a lot of Muslim people and uh, beautiful, beautiful people. But that's how I got involved with the, with Muslims, you know, it's it Philadelphia, poverty, that whole thing. And I called I called my friend and I was like, I don't know who to call about this, but I don't something just happened. And mm -hmm like i just need some spiritual explanation for this i don't know what happened but i told him and it, before i even like this is this is how he was like before i even finished my story he kind of cut it off before i even started he knew what it was he was like bro you need to take a shot at now and i'm like well i wasn't ready for that <laughs> i was i i I, cur I cursed him out a little bit and i was like you know this is not why i called you like you're trying to convert me like, you know, I acted like a little something or other. And um, I hung up on him and I was like, bro, you're fighting something that you you're on the path. What are you fighting? What you just picked up the phone and called this man looking for that answer. And now you're denying it. And why? Because you didn't realize you were looking for that answer. 
So, you know, I had to just, the nor was there, you know, I learned mm-hmm. what it was, but the nor was there. And I called, I called him back. <laughs> how long, how but, long did it take you to call him back after, after oh, you proposed that idea? Not, not very long. <laughs> okay. Not very long. Maybe, maybe under five minutes. I mean, okay. I, I immediately realized, dude, you got to do something about this. You have to mm. finish that conversation with them. And I called him back. He was on FaceTime and Kwame's dark skinned guy. He's laying in bed. All I see are glowing eyes and teeth, right? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, so you're ready? I'm like, yeah, bro, just tell me what to say. And I, I worked through it. Ashahadu, what? Ashahadu on la ilaha, ilaha, you know, yeehaw. I'm like, come on, I can't do it. And I do it and I finish it. And he said, you're Muslim. Wow. Subhanallah. So, that's that's crazy, man. You know, that the reason I like asking reverts this question is because uh, actually my mom was a revert. Uh, she's already returned to Allah. You know, I remember asking her about like how she converted to Islam. She described it to me as like, you know, there's like this overwhelming force that makes you want to know, makes you want to like go toward the truth. It's it's just like it comes to a point where you have to do something about it. Doing something about it is like taking your shahada. You know, it's just like you you know that you have to do something and you end up doing it. And I definitely kind of see that in your in your story about how you uh, how you converted to Islam. What what was kind of like the hardest thing to adjust to when you became when you became Muslim? Did, did you uh, make any like immediate changes or did you end up like making gradual changes to your lifestyle? It's kind of hard for me to talk about, bro. You know, yeah. honestly. Uh, yeah. But but uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. I used to pray drunk. You know, I, yeah. I was drinking a lot, and right. I I would I would go to get up on 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 you know the second one. And sometimes I, I lose my footing and I would just be embarrassed, like by myself. You know what I mean? Just wow. like, this is crazy, you know? And so that was like the beginning of, of the turning point, though, in, in that relationship with, uh, you know, that whole life, that whole life, that city party life, mm-hmm. you know? And I just realized how stupid I looked sitting right. trying to do this like there's like one I, side of you that's like trying to purify yourself but yet you have this other side that like you were living <laughs> in, in, in jahiliya that was like trying to drag you back <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong bro like not wrong at all like uh, but i told I, at first i was you know sometimes i'd be like yo you can't do this man look at you you're drunk and i'd stop and then i was like nah no no i don't care if i'm drunk I don't care if I'm high. I'm going to hit these steps like because I know if I'm in that mode, then nothing can get to me there. And if I stay in that mode, then like this shit will just, dis- you know, the stuff will disappear, man. Uh-huh. And and uh, Alhamdulillah, that's how it worked out because Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Yeah, so, that's how yeah. it is. Two years wow. later, two years later, don't drink. You know what I mean? Nothing. I, it's it's. <laughs> So clear-headed, so alhamdulillah, my dean is like crazy strong, crazy. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. You know, we all, we all come from different paths, and you know, Allah guides who He wills. And alhamdulillah, you're here right now. That's what matters. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, man. That 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 was beautiful. Thank you for for sharing that. I want to pivot the discussion a little bit to talk about how you came to Bitcoin. I I, I noticed you mentioned that you discovered Bitcoin at around the time you took your shahada. Can you talk about like your thinking of what you saw in Bitcoin and, you know, you were dabbling in that you mentioned you were dabbling in shit coins and we can use the word shit coin because that's a All technical right. term. So uh, <laughs> yeah, how, how did you trans- transition from, uh, you know, going and converting to Islam to learning about Bitcoin and your, I guess, also some of your shit coin background? <laughs> oh, you want to hear all about Bolt, huh? Number uh, 1,156 on coin market cap. <laughs> Oh my god. So I got into I got into shit coins because of this guy that I was hanging around with, you know, trouble. This guy sucked. He was a friend at the time, you know, when you're doing the stuff that I was doing, your friends just become idiots. But um but he got me into he got me into shit coins. I was kind of making a lot of money at the time doing whatever I was doing and I was uh, collecting on unemployment and pandemic stuff, you know. And it was just all rolling into shit coins. 
because mm-hmm. he kind of showed me this and I was just like, well, here we go. This everything's going up. I'm just going to keep going up with it. I didn't realize what was going on because I had just entered. I entered the space at the beginning of the bull market. Uh, so it must have been. Was it what is it? 20, was it 2019? Was that big bull market up to 70 or was it 2020? Ah, uh, man. You know, I don't look at the price, but I think it might have happened at the end of 2020, maybe. I can't remember. In the, in the summer, it was in the summer, summer. of 2020. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I, um, okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, whenever it was, I started collecting all, all these shit coins, like, like the deeper, the worst of the worst. Like, I mean, the worst of the worst. But at the time when you're in a bull market, that's, that's why people are getting super rich, right? Because they're like dumping all their money into nothing and then it blows up. And mm-hmm. that happened to me. I, I, I made, I made about $30,000 in two months. It was unbelievable. Wow. And I, I realized too late what was going on because I saw, I was up at the top. I was like, this is unreal money. I should get out of here. This is unreal. You know, I was in a, I was manic, you know, it was just so nuts. I tried to get out of my, my deep shit coin into a safe haven asset as Do Kwan would call it. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I dumped into Ethereum, right? My safe haven asset. <laughs> and then Ethereum just starts rushing to the bottom. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm losing thousands of dollars an hour. And I am just like dumping the Bitcoin. Oh my God, the Bitcoin is the truth. They've been telling me the whole time. And by the time I get into Bitcoin, it's at 69 and going down, you know? So I bought at the tippity top, already had lost so much and down I go. And so that was, that was my, my, my shit, my shit coin experience um, into Bitcoin. And I should say that, you know, my, my orange pilling story is, it's not like I just, I was on Twitter. I kind of got on Twitter and stuff. And it's not like I was just like, Bitcoin is the truth. Nah, someone told me that. Mm, um right. so i can tell you my orange pill story this is like i mean you want to hear an alice in wonderland story this is it bro no no Go one on, tell me how, how how did you get orange pill that's why oh, you're on man. here all right this <laughs> uh, get get ready i hope you hit your prayers before this because this is crazy you know <laughs> um so all right so i'm on twitter it's the it's the bull market. I'm making tons of money. I, I'm feeling like something's not right here. I try to give some of these shit coins to my friends. Ain't no one taking them. No one knows what. I'm the only one who knows crypto. Me and this guy that I knew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so I'm trying to give them out. No one's taking them. So I'm like, well, I'm not keeping all this fake money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, this and I was like, I gotta give it to somebody. So it was Ramadan at the time. Uh-huh. In fact, whoa, this is, oh my God, I didn't realize that. So this is Ramadan. I'm trying to fast. I'm failing, but I'm trying. I'm, I'm just learning about zakat. So I'm like, oh, crypto is like infinite zakat, bro. Oh, right. You know, like a, uh-huh. you see these guys, right? You see these, these, these shit coins, right, right. shit coins and all this uh-huh. stuff. Oh my God. And uh, zakat coin. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to just do my zakat all over Twitter. And I just start dropping people five, ten dollar, and I'll say something in Arabic to celebrate Ramadan. And whoever's looking, who's seeing that hashtag, I was getting people hitting me up, bro. Like, thank you so much. Oh my God, I'm in, you know, some random country, and this you just gave me five U.S. dollars. Like, this is insane. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm just like, I'm thinking I'm doing something real beautiful, you know. And I, from my heart, I was, you know. But he was giving them the wrong stuff. Right. Uh, right. You know, but uh, inshallah, as I'm giving out all this stuff on Twitter, someone interacted with me and I interacted with them. And next thing I know, my whole feed is nothing but like African hip hop bots. Like Mm -hmm. it's like girls with giant eyes. They're so bugged out looking. It's super weird. Like I thought I was maybe going schizophrenic, bro, because everyone was the same but different. And they're all saying things sort of directed at me, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I must be going crazy. Bro, I was on Safari, the easy, most easily hackable browser on iPad uh-huh. using Twitter on Safari. I had to test this out because I was like, I'm going crazy. I walked away. I had to take pictures of the screen. I'm like, this is crazy. I go out and use Chrome, Twitter feedback to normal, Safari. 
I'm hacked, right? So I, I pull that thread a little bit. I pull that thread a little bit because now I know. I can see you. This I'm not going crazy. You're messing with me. I start clicking on links because this is an interaction straight up. Mm-hmm. They're feeding me like the craziest stuff. So I read the white paper, didn't like a piece of the white paper, but it was like in a scanned newspaper format. Uh-huh. Like I had to go to a PDA like library file to get to it that they linked me. I got linked to Credit Suisse. Never who never heard of them before, but mm-hmm. I'm reading all the stuff, scanning, reading super fast. And I'm like, oh God, money laundering, kidnapping, like trafficking humans what's going on and then it points to the, to the bank of england and like i'm just getting fed these links right mm-hmm. and then i'm like this is so crazy i t- I, I'm, I keep going they fed me what it was like a child porn link to test me i can't make this up bro i didn't know what it was but i clicked on it i was like ah you know i threw it off mm-hmm. and i closed the screen and like took some time away because it really scared me you know and right. i came <laughs> can't make this up right this is crazy and i come back to this i come back i'm like all right i'm going back in because some of that stuff was real i don't know what they're trying to do but i i I was like that was a test i can tell that was a test because the other stuff was real Mm -hmm. and i go back on i get sent around the web into the wikipedia main editors page who's behind wikipedia what who's behind them like it was this rabbit hole that kept going right and and it it led me to ideasarelikeflames.com. What a perfect landing place, right? I uh-huh. am like, this is now, but but all the chaos stopped when I got there. And the first thing I do is I see a little help bot at the bottom right, right? So I click on it. I'm like, hello. And someone's like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> I'm like, uh, did I literally, I was like, did I find you or did you find me? <laughs> <laughs> guy starts he's like ha 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 he's like yo bro i don't know how you got here but you're hilarious why don't you talk to me on telegram i was like all right talk to him on telegram this young man his name is kamal Mm. kamal is kamal is the marketing director for galloy the people who created bitcoin beach wallet oh okay okay that's i was wondering why that name sounded familiar okay yeah so i told him the story and he is like dude you're crazy i don't believe any <laughs> that's my of that. first impression <laughs> yo i tell the story the same way every time and i took my dad thought i was crazy too i had to take screenshots the whole time because i ended up out of all the place the chaos of the whole thing i ended up in a, a telegram group with like a bunch of yo there were these dutch bitcoiners mm-hmm. that were speak like i can't it's hard to explain they were speaking phonetic english but it appeared to be in dutch like it was like if you read it and you weren't flowing with it it'd be like freaky crocket block block you know how they talk but i'm looking at the words and i'm like yo that's that's english dude these are all i'm like these guys are they like undoing bot spies or something are they trying to get around that through human humor right and i'm taking photos of this thing i'm showing my dad and he's like wow you're not making this up dude i'm not gonna lie i thought you lost it and i'm like dad <laughs> I'm like, man, can you believe that this is happening? He's like, I honestly can't believe this happened. But he's like, I I haven't been a part of your little breakdown here. But, you know, everything you're saying here does check out. Right, right, (laughs) right. So I started talking with Kamal and I was talking to him about shit coins, of course. And he he just denied me. He just shut it down like rude, just toxic Bitcoin maximalist. Rude. He was like, he was like, if that's if you're gonna type one more word, we can end this relationship. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I never really, nobody ever talked to me like that before, like about stuff like that. They're usually trying to scam you, you know. Yeah, what I mean? so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I was like, this guy's different. This guy's really interesting, and uh, we continued the relationship. I ended up just really becoming a real hardcore Bitcoiner because, I mean, he really kind of brought me into the fold. Not gonna lie. Okay, so he like broke it down and uh, explained, you know, why it was Bitcoin only and how, you know. Okay, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty crazy story in a roundabout way of of getting to Bitcoin. Most of us normal people, we usually pick up a copy of the Bitcoin standard. <laughs> <laughs> usually how we go, but uh man, yeah. that's a <laughs> crazy roundabout way of getting there. But you know, alhamdulillah, you got there 
And, you know, to me, it seems like um, the reason why I kind of advocate for Bitcoin maximalism is that, you know, you don't have to worry about scams or you don't have to worry about like, you know, these these shit coins are they're They're not even really money. There's always a company behind that's developing them. They always give themselves a share of the initial coins. And then, you know, they end up dumping on the, the retail investors that end up buying in later. And you see the same pattern happening. It's not immutable. It's not permissionless. You know, it's not. It doesn't have any any of these properties that actually make good money. And, you yeah. know, we don't have to really worry about that with Bitcoin. And, you know, I'm kind of glad that you've kind of seen the light in a very roundabout way. You've, you've seen the light and now you understand the why, why Bitcoin maximalism is important. Mm-hmm. I assume after you kind of discovered why it's Bitcoin only, how did you transition to working with the Beef Initiative? I see you have a Beef Initiative shirt on. Yeah, that was a story really just about me trying to find my place in Bitcoin. You know, I found you pretty like somewhat early on, like I've I've been like connected to you probably for eight months or something like that. So for, right. for a little while, you know, I think I mentioned to you in a message on Twitter, like, oh, I could help you do stuff on your podcast or something. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was just kind of reaching out to a lot of people like that and people that I that I admired and, and thought, you know, working with them would be something that could that could benefit both of us. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just wanted for the first time in my life, it, I felt like I just wanted to be useful. <laughs> like, I wanted to have utility for people like I've always been. Uh, in the fiat work life, uh, I just, it was hard to get into it, man. But I just had a passion for wanting to be, you know, working actually, with these people. Actually providing use to society, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like contributing my heart and soul to something that I can actually stand for, you know? Why, why, why the beef initiatives? Yeah. So I hit up Slim because I heard him on Bitcoin Kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know that program, but those guys are a bunch so. of- no. They're, they're a bunch of freaks, man. They, it really, I mean, if, if shitposting could be a show, that would be it. They're amazing. I mean, when I first found, that was one of the early people I found Bitcoin. Texas Slim came on to that show. It didn't make, like, these guys seemed like a bunch of freaks. Like, mm-hmm. and Texas Slim comes on and he's this, like, man, he comes on and he's just this steady voice, this solid rock like unemotional not cold but not caught up you know really not caught up in it all and like just had i don't know just seemed like a really unique person like that i didn't think existed like i was like who is this cowboy who is this serious in the space i didn't think that there were i thought it was a bunch of nerds bro you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and you know awesome nerds but nerds nonetheless and so i i started you know following him and once once i sort of got confident about what i could do and offer the world i had some graphic design skills just design skills all around digital media sound Mm -hmm. being the most the most skill the the most the highest skill set i have Mm -hmm. um i hit him up and i was like i've been listening to you for a while i feel like you're voice is so strong and your message is so clear and your videos look so bad and like your branding (laughs) is so bad dude like like i kind of said it like i want to offer and like i didn't just say that and hey can i do this i did it i took one of his videos that i was like look this is how this thing could have gone right you know and it, it was nothing crazy it was just a frame around it it was just a little bit of design you know um but he saw that uh and was like oh okay okay yeah 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 yeah. we should definitely have a conversation so we had a conversation and it was like one of the best conversations i ever had i was like wow. you know this guy was just so cool and we we saw eye to eye on so many things and i saw what he was doing before he had to explain to me the whole big picture thing you know (laughs) and that was he told me that and he told me like people don't see this like you see it and he gave me this confidence to be something a little bit bigger i mean something that i always had in me but um you know to really take it seriously he's like yo you're my man you are leading texas slims media there's nobody else that can do it you have to do it like it's crazy you know that's sort of how it how it picked up and then i made the first episode of the documentary bitcoin and the sovereign rancher yeah yeah and he didn't like this is how much he trusted me he didn't even want to hear it 
before it hit his RSS feed. He didn't even want to hear it. He wants it live. He wants to listen to it live. That's it. Wow. And I was like, (laughs) dude, you're crazy, man. You have like 10,000 people following you, bro. Like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) SubhanAllah. That's wow. That's I guess that's how you started kind of going down this path with the beef beef initiative and that's that's awesome you were able to like use your skill set and i think that's something a lot of bitcoiners sometimes don't realize is that you know there's lots of different skill sets you can apply you don't actually have to like code to actually contribute to bitcoin there's like lots of other things that you could be doing and not necessarily for bitcoin itself but like i noticed like for the beef initiative you know the the whole thing is about like food sovereignty and i i guess bitcoin is kind of like one piece to that puzzle and I, I recently sure. listened to uh, Texas Slim talk. He was on Robert Breedlove's podcast, What Is Money Show. And yeah, I, I really liked what he had to say. I definitely get that feeling of like, you know, he's just like, he, like he said, he's not really caught up in it. He's just like, he's he has a mission <laughs> and he's carrying out that mission. So can you explain to me like what what food sovereignty is and like, why should... Why should Bitcoiners or Muslims even care about food sovereignty? I'll tell you that food sovereignty has now become my primary concern over getting Bitcoin. I use my Bitcoin to buy beef from my rancher. That was a huge transition. It was a huge shift mentally because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to stack, man. I'm like stacking like it's my last days over here. And to part with that means a lot. And um, especially if I'm sitting here stacking 16K, you know, those are precious. I'm like, that's that's a win. I don't want Mm -hmm. I want that win to carry. You know, what is more? How do I get more sats? And I'm sitting here trying to do the math. I'm like, well, I got this job. You know, it pays what it pays. I mean, my bills are what they are. That's it. It's not like, you know what I mean? Until something else comes through and starts really, really paying me. uh, that's what it is. So I'm sitting here like I can get more sets if I was stronger, smarter, faster, had more endurance than other people. So I made this transition over to to the beef initiative. Some months I, 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 I've been, uh, you know, helping some some people out at work, teaching them the beef initiative way and, you know, selling mm-hmm. some of these to mm-hmm. them. Um, but. I mean, man, I'm going through almost 36 pounds a month. Like, that's serious beef. That's some serious beef right there. And Mm -hmm. it has absolutely changed everything. Like, I would not have known that I didn't have to spend so much money feeding myself if I get all of my vitamins and minerals from my food in the morning. I don't have to buy lunch. I don't even have to buy dinner because by the time dinner comes around, I have, I've already, so I I do CrossFit now too. This is something new. I never did Mm -hmm. that, you know, and I'll tell you, man, I eat, um, I eat from the beef initiative. I'll eat an eight ounce sirloin, one egg, two pieces of toast in the morning. I Mm -hmm. am good for 10 hours, right? 10 hours. That's with CrossFit. That's with like my Fiat job, which, I actually love my fiat job. I'm an art educator at, at a local museum. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so it's just a, a little part-time thing. But, you know, I do all that and I work I work on this documentary. I mean, I work I today I had a Zoom meeting before before this. I had a Zoom meeting with four very very different kinds of women and we're writing a story together. Mhm. What? <laughs> I mean, bro, you can't do that eating that trash beef that comes from God knows where and you can't do that snacking and you can't do that eating vegetables from a debased soil. And you can't do that eating gummy vitamins that have seed oils in them. And you can't do that drinking coffee. I mean, all of the other options that I've tried aside from this beef, it lasts me a very small fraction of the time. And I mean, not to mention my Dean. I know why I'm strong. I know it from the soil. When if we don't have water as Muslims to to you know to make wudu, mm-hmm. we use soil, don't we? Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's and right. When, and, when, and when, <laughs> when we go down, we put our nose and our forehead to the earth. Mm-hmm. Like that's very. We have a very special relationship with the soil that this world has has corrupted. 
And mm -hmm. I mean, look at how lost everybody is. Look at how lost even 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 our brothers and sisters in Islam through this Reba crap. And yeah. and how 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 can a person understand something as complicated, seemingly complicated as Bitcoin, if they have to go get a snack every three hours, bro? How you got to be a very special individual to put in that work and get that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They're That's, trying to. I, the, this is yeah. our purpose, man. They're they're poisoning our food so we can't think. Look at all these people confused about their own genders and stuff. Like this is crazy, bro. Yeah, I, I definitely wonder how much of that is kind of caused by, like you said, there's like it, it seems like the nutrients that you would get normally from your food is being completely stripped out, and it's because the soils themselves are being stripped out to kind of prop up this food that's also doesn't have and doesn't have nutrients that causes individuals to they're, they're not able to focus they're focusing on things that are not important and you know you couple that with like are the monetary system that's just like goes hand in hand with the depleted soil now you have the money that doesn't it's not very dense and doesn't have nutrients so, so, to speak. so this is what how i like to talk about it um, and this is this is like, I think, a deeply Islamic perspective. The devil was a debased character. That's how he is defined. He mm. is defined as debased. Our money is debased. Our soil is debased. If we want to get away from the devil, we need to avoid all forms of debasement. All of them. That's that's the whole thing. Like to have the sound money and the sound health from from sound soil. Alhamdulillah, that's how that's where the nor is. That's where the light is. And that's how you have that light pour from your heart. How can you have light pour from your heart when you can't even get the proper words out? Because your brain ain't functioning the way it should be. Yeah, yeah. We're it, all it, we're all functioning at a low level, man. I see all these Bitcoiners and everyone's real bright. Everyone's real smart. They're functioning at half mass, man. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even... I find it um, kind of strange that like whenever I started stacking sats, I started noticing about different ways that I can improve my life because now that I'm like stacking sats, I feel less uncertain about the future than what I did before. Like I started stacking sats, you know, as I started stacking, I started thinking more long term of like, all right, I need to like make sure that, you know, I have something saved away for myself, also for my family. But what, like, what about my health? Like, I didn't even bother, like, thinking my about my health at a deep level. And then, like, I started, you know, wondering, like, what what is what is it that I'm eating or that I could change in my diet? Do I need to, like, you know, I, I also need to Im improve my health by, like, working out as well. And, you know, around that time, I, I read the Fiat Standard. And there's, like, a chapter in there called Fiat Food. That was a really good chapter because that's kind of what got me down that rabbit hole of, like, oh, okay. You know, the, the food that I'm eating is, like, not is is not very healthy and it's not very... Uh, good for my brain, especially. And, you know, that's kind of like, also, I've kind of adopted a, a pretty, a mostly meat, a, a beef only diet. And where I try to like eat, you know, grass fed or pasture raised beef. And I, I definitely see that as being a difference. You know, it sucks that you have to part away with your sats in order to get that beef, but also think that that beef is giving you nutrients and, and it is also helping you grow as well. So that you can be more productive, so that you can work more, so that you can stack more sats. Yeah, so it's exactly. Like, like ex I, I really like the way you approach it with like looking at the food first. And I don't. I think that's a that's a very good way to to uh, to approach it. What do you? I I know we've we've talked. You've touched a little bit on this, but in our previous conversation, you you've mentioned the idea of Bitcoin like food. It comes from the soil. Like the quality of the food comes from the quality of the soil. Do you think that like Bitcoin does come from the soil? And could you like explain? Obviously, this is a metaphor. We don't actually mean that Bitcoins do come from the soil. But what do you mean by that metaphor? And could you explain that a little bit? I mean, is it a metaphor? I mean, how are we mining Bitcoin? Right. Like, how is how is that electricity produced? It's produced from like often coal. Right. That comes from the earth. So that's just and a Bitcoin is just us capturing the earth's energy right i mean mm -hmm. from the mining perspective uh, there's two different perspectives there's that mining and then the other side of, of the person who buys it or earns it but yeah like from from that mining perspective you know you're getting it from from coal basically <laughs> or you're or there's a number of ways to get it to, to mine bitcoin you know what i mean there are people like i mean what is this under under the ocean oceanic mining solar mining right i'm thinking about 
the food and the money and Bitcoin and soil. And I'm thinking about like, you could mine Bitcoin like with solar panels up in Alaska, you know, during like that dark period they have. Uh, or you could solar mine Bitcoin uh, on the equator. You're both going to be technically mining Bitcoin, right? But mm-hmm. like one person is going to be way more effective at solar mining that Bitcoin. And right. so I think about it like Alaska is kind of like this if the night debases the day (laughs) (laughs) in that context um i mean that that's essentially it right it's like Mm -hmm. you're working with with not effective energy you don't have the energy in alaska you have the energy on the equator it's the same thing with the soil and the food it's like you can eat from a soil that is completely debased, monocrop to nothing. Grass pulls minerals off of the rocks in the soil. Mm. Grass is the only thing that does that, mind you. The grazing animals eat that grass, pull that those minerals up, and the grazing animals uniquely are positioned to eat the grass so to get those minerals and then we come along and we eat that cow that grazed that grass that got that mineral from that stone in that soil and then we get all of those nutrients and that and that and those minerals Mm -hmm. or you can go to you know you could get your beef from the grocery store and it's gonna be beef that came from brazil that was grain fed that was shot up with God knows what, because they stop off in every country from Brazil and hit them with different antibiotics and chemicals based on the different regulations, you know, because they're just jumping around regulations. It's a total, you know, it's a total scam. And and then it gets stamped with USDA prime when it gets up to the USA. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's what people are eating in the grocery stores and that you're not getting those vital nutrients and and minerals from a cow that's not even eating from the soil bro i mean they get up to the usa and they give they throw a handful of grass they slap them with a handful of grass across their mouth i mean you could just imagine it they just boom grass fed right and they just and they just slap that grass fed label on there (laughs) they slap it on they slap on usda prime they slap it on everything you know what i mean so so that's that's sort of where i see the connection between between bitcoin and food and and bitcoin coming from the soil and it's the the quality of the soil matters in every respect the quality of the material of life matters in every respect if you debase the qualities you're gonna get you're, you're not going to have as much energy to do the things that you want to do in your life. What's the, why do we all want Bitcoin? Why freedom like mm-hmm. to do, to take care of our families, to take care of the people we love, to think about a future again, to dream a little bit, you know, but what's the point of your Bitcoin and all their dreams. If your dreams are coming from a debased brain right Come on now, right. you know, and, 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 you know, alhamdulillah, you know, everybody reads their Quran, but like, what are you feeding your brain to interpret that Quran with every time? Because every time I read the Quran, I pull something new out of it. Right. You know? Right. You know, because it's a it, new yeah. experience. Yeah. You know, that, that actually does make a lot of sense because, you know, if you're not really feeding your brain the necessary nutrients it needs, then you're not going to be able to like, you're, you're going to, you're going to end up feeling more tired. You're going to end up feeling like you need more snacks throughout the day and you end up like you said you're working with like a debased brain and i think that's a very good connection with bitcoin because you know at least for me you know i feel like i'm escaping a debased currency to go to a currency that's not debased much like with food you know you exit that feeding that eating junk from the grocery store into eating actual grass-fed beef which is like for real food that your body and that your brain needs yeah i i, I love uh when, when i was listening to that Texas Slim podcast with Robert Breedlove, I really like how he said concerning food sovereignty is like, you know, you need to go out there and like build a relationship with your rancher. Like you need to go. And he said, go out there and shake your damn rancher's hand. Shake, shake your rancher's hand. Yeah. And, you know, I, I you know, I, I'll admit I still have not done that, but um, that's that's definitely something that I, I want to do. And I feel like it fits perfectly with just that sovereignty aspect of Bitcoin. I mean, you know, when you're going out there and you're shaking your rancher's hand, 
you're building that relationship and you're not just going to a grocery store hoping that they'll have the foods that you need. But if yeah. you have a relationship with your rancher, you can trust him to provide you not with just food, but with the best quality food that you can get. And and, um, and I want to talk about like not only shaking your rancher's hand, but shaking your neighbor's hand and your brother and sister's hand and how like in, in Islam, we, we have we have the Dawah, right? You know, mm -hmm. the introduction. You, you can't really convince someone that Bitcoin is a better path unless you look them in the eyes, you shake their hand and they know you. Mm -hmm. No one's like, that's what shit coiners do. Shit right. coiners make halal coin and then invite you to the Telegram group and then halal, halal, we're a community. We're a community of Muslim brothers. Like, come on, bro. Like, you got to come out and you got to shake somebody's hand. You got to look them in the eye. And you got to feel a grip on on their hand, and how fat, how long are they looking in your eyes for? Are they telling you the truth or not? You know, and that's that's something that Bitcoiners, I think, know really well. Is that yeah. you know, especially if a lot of, a lot of us in our early days, I know that you know when I first learned Bitcoin, I was like, I'm on a mission. I must educate everyone I know about Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm onboarding restaurants. I'm onboarding vape shops. I'm like, <laughs> man, I never talked to so many vape shop owners in my life. That was a dead end. Um, yeah yeah you know it, and and exactly like uh, it kind of forces you to be around the right people i mean because you're 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 kind of like focused on your mission you're stacking sats you're thinking about your future and you're lowering your time preference so you're not you're less likely to hang around people that are high time preference and thinking only of you know now instead of actually thinking about the future so you know it's weird because i find myself like you know one of the things that i've been trying to do especially you know as while i'm working my fiat job and doing this podcast and raising my three kids um, is, you know, I try to make time to go to the masjid. You know, that's the thing that like I want to do is because I notice when I'm at the masjid and you meet the Muslims that are over there that are showing up to pray, especially at Fajr, you know, if you wake up early in the morning and you go pray Fajr at the masjid, you know, like uh, you're, made, you're made of something different when you do that. When you go to the masjid and you meet the Muslims there, you find that like, oh, okay, man, these, these are the people these are the low time preference people I need to hang out with because yeah. they're not really thinking so much about this life, but they're thinking about their akhirah. And that's to me where I think like this whole Bitcoin and food sovereignty thing kind of like all comes together is that, you know, you're thinking about the future. Okay. But like Muslims, we take it a step further and we think of the future after this life. We think about the akhirah. So we start thinking about the, the deeds that we do. We have to make sure that our deeds count that when we're here. Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't mean to go completely off off on that. No, on that, that, that wasn't that's, off. That's, that wasn't yeah, off that, at all. That's kind of like how that all fits in together. So I guess just to, I, I, I want to ask you one other question before we close out. But like, in, in your opinion, why why do you think Muslims should look into or care about Bitcoin? What, what, what is it about Bitcoin that you think will make Muslims want to embrace it? Well, inshallah, um, everybody heard basically everything we just said before this, but <laughs> we want to fight the devil everywhere. And if the devil is defined as debased, then that's all I need to know. You know what I mean? If I also understand that my money is debased, well, then what's up with that? You know, like, that's not the way. That's not the straight path at all. How does that make any sense? It just, it doesn't. And when I hear, but, you know, Muslims aren't any different from anybody else who doesn't understand Bitcoin and doesn't understand that debasement, which really, I feel like we don't, I mean, I do and you do, but I feel like, a lot of people don't understand what it means to be debased, what what that even means. So we mm -hmm. keep, you know, that's sort of my main thing, this debasedness. But uh, maybe that's a difficult concept for people to understand. You know, if it is, then, you know, maybe you should consult the Quran again and and understand, like, what that meant when, when the devil said, I'm not like them. I'm made of fire. They're made of clay. Ha ha. That arrogance, you know? Like yeah. what quality is that arrogance? Is that if, if the devil's prime quality that makes him the devil is that arrogance that I'm fire, they're clay, that and that's what a debased means, mm -hmm. then how arrogant is that money that you're using? Mm. Right? And if, if that's like what is what everything in life is built on aside from the food stuff, but outside of that, but everything where we store our labor, if it's all built on something that is arrogant and is literally defined by the, as the devil, then 
I don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't know why you, I'm not saying to go all in on Bitcoin, right. but I don't know why you fight it. And who are you fighting? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's really the message that I would have is, is because I hold myself to that standard, you know, I'm yeah. no debasement, yeah. none, zero. Yeah. Inshallah. I mean, that's kind of Inshallah. my motivation, I guess, you know, it's not so much Bitcoin is not a way to just get more fiat. Like right now, you know, you and I were like, we're done with fiat. We've already made that financial hijabah to go to Bitcoin. And, you know, a lot of Muslims don't understand that like riba is so entrenched in the current fiat system and they don't take it lightly. Like it's something that in the Quran, Allah says that he wages war with someone who's partaking in riba. And, you know, who, who can afford such a war? Like, you're, it's not, it's like a very specific message or threat that Allah makes to people that are partaking in riba is that I will wage war with you. It's like, you, you, all right, fine. You know, if, if, if you think that your, your checking account is riba free and you're just going to go about your life, do, do it saving fiat because you think it's riba free, that's fine. But, you know, for us that don't want to be debased, we want to have a higher quality in our, in our food. We have a higher quality in our deen, in our family and in our money. I, I definitely I uh, agree with, with what you said about why Muslims, I think, personally should care about Bitcoin. But you're right, it does apply to just the general population if that you don't want to be debased, you know, Bitcoin has to be a part of the part of the solution. Yeah. So part of the equation, part of the equation, for sure. Uh, we're in a transitionary time. I, I've gone all in on Bitcoin. And uh, I wish I had it, man, because I needed some of that back, you know, yeah. and but always when you need it back is when it's going down. That always when you need it back is when it's going down. So it is a war. Bitcoin is the war that God is fighting for us, like with us. You know what I mean? And it, right. that's that's how I see it. Like, you know, just to say sort of just loosely that. But like, but when 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 God says I will wage war, like it turns out that Bitcoin is the only weapon that is effective against that. Right. So I'm picking it up. I'm swinging it around, bro. Right. You know, exactly. So you know, a lot of Muslims will say like, well, how come you're not going to use gold? And, you know, I have to explain to them like, yeah, gold is like it, it's it is. It was the money that was used during the time of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And, you know, it does serve its purpose. But like in terms of like trying to be sovereign or trying to completely escape the riba system gold can only do so much i mean gold is useful if you want to have it truly riba free money yeah you know gold gold could possibly get you there if everyone's agreeing to it but you know the thing about bitcoin is not everyone has to agree with it you can use it you don't have to use a trusted third party so it's automatically comes pre-packaged with that anti-ribbonness that you don't find with gold that's what i try to explain i love it that's that's what i that's what i try to explain to muslims is that you really want something that's anti-riba, use Bitcoin. You don't have to rely on a third party to transact with the accounts that are based on gold. You can just, you can actually use Bitcoin itself as the bearer instrument. And it's anti-riba from when I have it to when I send it. And it's, yeah. it's you bringing that message. I mean, when I, when I saw the title of that, of that article, Bitcoin is anti-riba technology. I uh-huh. was like, honestly, I got the same vibe that I got from Slim. Like, I was like, that's epic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, whoa, dude, like these Bitcoiners are out of control. <laughs> you know, like this is my people. And then I found a Muslim Bitcoiner and I was, and I read what you wrote. And I, I mean, I was like, this is truly path like this is yeah. like this is allah's this allah's put this here right you know on this path right. with, with all of us to understand how to escape reba right exactly. i didn't even understand, exactly. i didn't even know what reba was before i i read your thing you know yeah. i didn't i never yeah. heard of, i didn't i hadn't gotten to that part of the quran yet you know and you know what's um, funny is that you know a lot of muslims think they know what riba is and you know like but it's clear that they don't understand it and they think like they'll, they'll believe in in the fairy tale that their checking account is riba free, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I kind of wonder when you were talking about like fighting the devil, you know, I, I, I do wonder how the shaitan would kind of miss, cause you know, the shaitan's goal is to mislead humanity, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how would the shaitan achieve that? Like, obviously, you know, he, he whispers to people to commit sin and to commit shirk uh, or, you know, associating partners with Allah, you know, there are things that the shaitan does, but like, what if you were the shaitan and you were to set up a system where you, import or you are sorry you export 
river to like every individual and they're forced to use it and they don't even know that they're using it. Like that's devilish, right? Like that, that's, that's really devilish. And that's nasty. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's funny. Cause like I, I describe it that way in a very cartoony way, but that's actually what happened with the federal reserve. When the federal yeah. reserve was set up, there were like six people that met on Jekyll Island <laughs> and they were yeah. talking about like setting up a reserve, like a private entity that's outside the government that's going to manage the money supply. But its main goal was institutional usury and to export that to every individual in every country in the world. The way I'm describing it, like the shaitan has to be behind that, because if he's not, then <laughs> the shaitan's really not a threat if he's not behind it. Cause like that's that's really evil right there and uh, yeah well yeah. Look, look at look at look at where this money has taken us right i mean you know since we went off the gold standard wtf happened in 1971.com everybody's seen it you know yeah like what's behind that that look, look it's driven us to complete and utter self-destruction i mean right. we're, on the, we're, at the, we're at the brink of nuclear war right now like and that's money that's being printed from the federal reserve and the bank of england and and you know what i mean the world bank bank of it it's it, that's all money printer stuff right and it's driven us to hate our families to hate our neighbors to hate ourselves to like chop off our own body parts like bro mm -hmm. if that's not the shaitan right right exactly where, you, you you definitely see that in different aspects of society. And I think uh, I don't want to say, you know, a, a lot of there's this meme in the Bitcoin space where they say, like, fix the money, fix the world. Well, like, you know, maybe maybe that's true. But like, I like to think at least if you fix the money, you'll fix half the problems, at least, you know, and I think that's 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 worth fixing if it's only going to fix half your problems. But <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think, you know, I, I think being able to like fix the money. I think is a very worthy goal in that aspect because I really feel like it kind of fixes a bunch of other problems that we we're, we're experiencing because money is like half of all transactions, right? Like that's pretty significant. I guess just to before we close out, where can people find you on on Twitter or any other media? How how do people get contact with you? First of all, you can find me most active on Twitter, BTC June J U N E. Uh, like the month. So that's all one word. You can find me there. You can find that Puro signal, you know, which is the 80s house hip hop over, um, you know, intelligence reports. Uh, you can find that at that Puro signal, P U R O signal. Uh, you can find me on Fountain app, uh, BTC June, that Puro signal. And you can find me on um, Instagram, BTC June. You guys should also know where to get. Your high quality beef, you know, chicken products, thebeefinitiative.com. Exactly like exactly what it is, thebeefinitiative.com. Uh, I also do I'm working on a documentary series. We've got two episodes out now you can go listen to. That's over at Texas Slims Media. Um, and the documentary series is called Bitcoin and the Sovereign Rancher. So, but if you go to my Twitter page at BTC June. If you click on my my link for the website, you'll find everything you need right there. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Thank you. Uh, this, this this was uh, quite a roller coaster of an episode, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, cool, cool. I, I hope I hope I was uh, you know I hope I made for a good show, man. Yeah. <laughs>